good afternoon. Jeff Stevens here, coming to you from the nation of the cross. Been uh, preparing a message coming up this week, tomorrow actually, out of Galatians 2. I am currently preaching through Galatians, and it took us a couple of weeks. Actually, it took three weeks to get through Galatians 1, which isn't bad, but uh, just a phenomenal uh, work that Paul does in essentially the first letter that we have recorded from Paul. Galatians is a great book. It gives us a lot of really deep theology and, and, and deep information. It's so good. Um, but as I'm going through this week, I mean, there's just so much as I enter into Galatians 2, um, you know, a ton to share uh, with folks in church and a ton to share here on this podcast. And I figured I'd share this with you and uh, and leave it with you to chew on for a while. <clears throat> One of the cool things is that we uh, I went over 2,000 listens, I think we're somewhere around 2,030 listens or so um, as of this morning, which is really cool. Uh, as I started doing this podcast, I, I never thought it would reach any more than a couple of people. And I just kind of figured whoever listens to it, uh, you know, I love to read and write and and um, exposit the Word of God and exegete the Word of God and uh, just uh, really cool that uh, I'm able to record it on this platform and people are listening so you know if you're listening to it I hope it blesses you um, anyhow uh, into Galatians 2 as I go into this you know Paul's been dealing with these Judaizers with these these guys in Galatia, uh, which is up by Asia, and you, you, you know, you get this idea that Paul is really dealing with these people who want to follow the law, and they're they're pressing hard. They're definitely trying to make it look like Paul doesn't know what he's talking about, which is odd, because Paul definitely wouldn't know what he was talking about. He was a Jew, so uh, but these Judaizers, these people who believed that it was essentially. Um, you know, the Jewish law plus Christ is what got you saved, that you had to be uh, a law follower. We're really getting underneath Paul's skin because now they just weren't coming out against him. They were in the church. And as, as Paul gets into the second chapter here, he's going to say in the fourth verse, yet because of false brothers secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus so that they might bring us into slavery. You know, he's saying that these people are in the church. They are coming in and they are rebel rousers. They are coming in and telling people what they need to do. They're coming in and telling people they need to follow the law. And uh, Paul's pretty clear here as he moves into the fifth verse. He says to them, we did not yield in submission even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. I think this is a really important verse. And I didn't really get into this as I prepared for the sermon this week. But this idea of yielding and submission. Um, you know, we got to stand firm in the gospel message in order to stand firm against dissent and against false teachers, false preachers, false brothers, people who come in who try to um, split the body of Christ, people who are trying to tear it apart. And even, frankly, if you're sitting in a church and you're sitting 
uh, with false leadership or false teachers. We need to really be careful who we are submitting ourselves to here. I mean, Paul says we did not yield in submission. Now, there's definitely a call to submit at times in the Word of God. Very clearly stated in so many places, right? And, uh, you know, Paul in Ephesians 5 in verse 21 tells us, you know, we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. James tells us in James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Um, you know, in Peter, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5, 5, likewise, you who are younger be subject to the elders, to the elders, excuse me, you know, to uh, the, the men in the church who are the teachers and the preachers and the pastors and the, the guys that should be discipling, we submit to them. We are subject to them um, in ways that we're able to learn and learn to love properly, learn to mentor and learn to disciple others. So there's definitely this call. Of course, Ephesians, um, as you move on, uh, in Ephesians 5, we're going to see this uh, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ and then wives submitting to their husbands, right? And then husbands essentially laying their lives down for their wives. There's a call for submission there as well. So we need to understand that submission is definitely a thing in the Bible where we understand that we are called to submit ourselves to one another, to lay our lives down for one another, to love each other sacrificially. And what we don't want to do is be so open to everything in the world that, that we open ourselves up to submitting ourselves to things that are ungodly, things that should not be in the church, things that lead the church astray, essentially. So we just want to be very careful when it comes to this. And part of this being careful is being firm in the word of God, which if you've listened to my podcast once before or twice before, I repeatedly say to read the book. You gotta read the book. You gotta uh, turn pages. And to do this means you need to um, find some time to discipline yourself in an organized way where you sit and read the Word of God in a way that you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through it. Now, of course, in Paul's case, Paul was ministered to directly by Christ for three years. So he gets, you know, um, this direct teaching from Christ. So he's able to bring the gospel message in a way where it's delivered to him from Christ and then from him to the people. Uh, I'm talking about Galatia here, but it's applicable to us as well. And we can receive that same message from the text that's in the Word of God. So we need to dig in as much as we possibly can and make sure that we are uh, expositing, expositing the Bible properly and that we're looking after our flock, so to speak. Um, one of the things is, is I, as I taught earlier a few weeks ago, as you turn back in Galatians 1 and you get into like verses 6 and a couple after, is Paul is, he's surprised that people are dissenting. And he's surprised that there are people that want to distort the gospel. And he is essentially, you know, calling these people out. 
there are some um, who are desiring to trouble the church to distort the gospel of Christ. And he even says that if he or his uh, contemporaries or even an angel preaches a gospel that's contrary, that um, they should be cursed. You know, this is a big call. He wants the gospel plus nothing, grace plus nothing. Paul wants us to really understand that unlike the Judaizers, that we cannot add to the gospel. And, uh, you know, as he goes on to say in a highly referenced verse from Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, where Paul says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. This is really important. Paul's essentially saying here, there's nothing you can add to the gospel. There's nothing you can add to God's grace. There's nothing you can take away from it. There isn't a thing that you can do. There is not a, you know, an act of contrition. There's not a certain sort of um, um, money uh, or, or thing that you can give. Um, the sacraments by some churches that they desire to tell people that uh, without certain sacraments, they cannot be saved, whether that be um, some sort of confession or whether it be um, baptism. These are things that churches have added over time as a way to control people. There will also be prosperity churches that tell people they have to give of themselves, that they have to give their money. Uh, and, and without doing that, it is a sign that they are unsaved. And there's also a large movement that's, you know, just over 100 years old, started in the early 1900s back on Azusa Street in California, this charismatic movement, which is telling people that there are things that they have to do um, as a, a result of being saved that are going to prove they are saved. And here's the problem with this is... Um, they're telling people that evidence of the Holy Spirit in them will manifest in things like speaking in tongues, which I'll talk about in another episode, uh, but speaking in tongues or healing or prophecy or things like this. And Paul speaks about this regularly in Corinthians, and we'll talk about it in Acts as well. But uh, it, it, what happens is, is I think you'll find people will believe, and then if they're in one of these churches, they will feel the need to either fake one of these sorts of acts or they just get overwhelmed and they say speak in tongues in a way that is ungodly and it is, it is a, a way to act out their faith. Uh, just to say again from Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, by grace you've been saved through faith. You, you can't do this and there's not some sort of evidence that you've been saved by something that you specifically do so but then what is the evidence if it's a holy spirit issue and the holy spirit will manifest in some way well it's not through some sort of um, um, healing gift or or work it's it's not through some sort of act that you do but we do have some evidences some evidences that you've submitted to god 
some evidences that you've submitted to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to work through your life. Some evidence that the Holy Spirit is working in your life. And this is, you know, it's a regularly referenced verse and I'm going to get to it in a few weeks and preach on it. But in Galatians 5, if you slide all the way to the end of that chapter, we're going to get into this stuff where Paul's talking about um, walking with the Spirit. And I'll just read the whole thing because this is really important to understand because Paul is going to explain to us uh, how we can tell when people um, have evidence of the Holy Spirit living in them. And I'll, you have to back up from this part a little bit earlier, but the first part of this is definitely professing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this includes professing that Jesus Christ is who he said he is. He is God, that he was that he existed at the formation of the universe, that he is the proto-evangelium, that he was at, there at the beginning, and that he is the promise to come for our salvation, that he existed, you know, he was born, he led a, a life of 33 to 34 years, he um, you know, led a perfect sinless life, that he was crucified on a cross, he was, died, was buried, three days later rose himself from the grave, he walked amongst his disciples for 40 days, then he ascended into heaven to seat at the right hand of the Father. Um, he is God. And uh, the, the Bible has plenty of evidence for this, that any sort of religious practice or cult that denies any of those things is false. And so the evidence of accepting that Christ is who he said he is, um, and then knowing that you have been saved, and typically this also results in some sort of public confession, maybe even baptism, which we can uh, um, encourage because it is a, a command, go and be and baptize, you know, be baptized. But this is what Paul says about this, the Holy Spirit. It, it, Paul says in, uh, again, we're in Galatians 5, and if you start in verse 16, it says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Okay, really important here. Paul's dealing with this a lot. Judaizers being under the law. We're under the new covenant. We have Christ. Christ saved us. So he is the one we are under. He is the one we submit to. Now, there is a little bit of personal responsibility in this, but the 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 what you get out of this is the desire to do the things that we're about to go through comes from being filled with the Spirit. But first, let's go through the works of the flesh. Paul is going to say here, now, the works of the flesh, so he's saying sinful works are works that come from people who are not in Christ or are in a false religion or are not uh, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, who have not accepted Christ as their Savior, is essentially this. They're evident sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Then he goes on to say, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So 
This is a pretty tough thing that he's saying here. This is going to be uh, said again, uh, Revelation, I believe it's chapter 21. It's going to go over people not inheriting the kingdom of God. And it goes over essentially the same list of sinful lifestyle. If these are things that are going on in your life and you feel like you're a savior, you should begin to have a desire to set these things aside. You should actively uh, work to read the word of God. You should actively uh, pray and seek him out and spend time with people who are not doing these things. This is part of your sanctification that you have some responsibility in. Whereas believers, even though we believe in things like Paul would say, you know, we carry that uh, old man or that dead man around with us. And it's tough. It's tough sometimes to get away from these sinful things. But our desires when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, because we've submitted ourselves to him are this. He's Paul's going to go on to say in verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So he's going to finish up this chapter by saying this. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. So when you talk about the church, as we go back to uh, Galatians 2 was he provoking you know was he talking about people provoking one another as they would come into the church and preach this false gospel absolutely not this is about discernment this is about making sure that we are protecting the flock as Christ would want us to you see people are going to come into our lives and into our church and they're going to try to stuff things up they're going to try to screw things up they're going to try to pull us apart. They're going to try us to get, you know, have enmity towards one another. They're going to try to uh, change the word of God. As I talked about some of these false religions, religions who add things to the gospel. If you're in a church or you're in a place in your life right now and you feel like, gosh, there's nothing I can do to feel that joy. There's nothing I can do to feel that faithfulness. There's nothing I can do to break over this you know, uh, alcoholism or drug addiction. There's nothing I can do to break out of this rut that I'm in. Well, yeah, probably not. There's nothing you can do. You need to lay it all down in your submission to Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is, is trying to get to here. Because essentially what these Galatians would have been doing is trying really hard after already submitting to Christ to follow the law, to be obedient to something, to submit themselves to something that is not going to save them. And one, it's a waste of time. Two, it's not biblical. Three, it's not what Christ brought. And four, it's a false gospel, as Paul told us in the first chapter. It is just a false gospel. Of course, we don't want to spread a false gospel or practice a false gospel, so we'll do uh, what Jesus told us to do, and we will submit to him and him alone. So I hope this is helpful. Uh, is really, as I go through this second chapter in Galatians, I find so many um, amazing pearls um, You know that can be exposited. There is just tons and tons of stuff that is in here uh, that, that we could talk about. And in this case, 
you know, I was uh, not going to preach on that specifically, but I thought it was worth going over in the podcast so that uh, um, people could listen to it and understand that this is not just about the people that are here in Galatia. This is about us as well. Um, the things that we should be doing um, don't add to our salvation. They are a result of our salvation. They are a result of our obedience to Christ. We begin to have a desire to serve one another, to love one another, to serve him through that love for one another um, in ways that continue to grow and grow as our faith walk continues. And I'm not saying it's all going to be a bed of roses. It's going to be tough, especially if you keep getting knocked down. And of course, we have people in the world that this will uh, probably hardly even be a reality because they just live in such a state where, you know, the church is not a popular place and people are uh, hurt, killed in prison for their faith. But right here, right now, um, in most of the West, we have the ability to love people through these evidences of the Holy Spirit and the way we spend our time, the way we love our wives and our children, our husbands and our children, our neighbors, our fellow church members, and we exposit the word of God properly and we love each other because Jesus first loved us. So go out this week and love somebody and uh, keep reading the word of God, keep expositing it, keep listening and taking in good information and um, it will definitely serve you well. And stay on the grind.